Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. But if you'd all stand with me uh, for the reading of the word, we are going to be reading um, Luke 18 and starting in verse 35 out of the uh, New Living. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, All right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, Thank you for your word again. It's so amazing, so powerful, so transformative in our life. Lord, would you speak to us today? Meet us right where we're at, every single one of us, Lord. And we just give you permission, Lord. We open our hearts to what you have for us here today and give you permission, Lord, to change us from the inside out, transform us from the inside out. Renew us, Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Love that story. It's a pretty cool story. And you think about, there's a blind man. He hears that Jesus is walking by. Obviously, he can't see Jesus because he's blind, but he hears Jesus walking by. And he yells out to him, and he calls him son of David. So here's this blind man that hears it's Jesus, but he knows who Jesus is. He is recognizing by the term son of David that this is the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah. I believe in who he is. It's interesting that he couldn't see physically, but he could see who Jesus was. But you, in contrast, think about all the people who could see physically, but didn't see who Jesus really was. And so he recognized who Jesus was. Called out to him, son of David. And all the crowd was like, come on, be quiet, shut up. You know, you don't, Jesus doesn't want to talk to you, you know. And so they're kind of like trying to get him to stop yelling for Jesus. But he doesn't stop. He keeps yelling, son of David, have mercy on me. He's calling out for Jesus. And Jesus hears him, turns, stops, and says, yeah, bring that man to me. And then, interestingly enough, like the tune of the crowd changes. Oh, hey, what's up, bro? Jesus wants to talk to you. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's take you to, take you to Jesus. And He comes to Jesus, and Jesus looks at him and says, what do you want? What do you want? And I want us to really think about that question today. What do you want? I want you to imagine Jesus standing before you even and asking you that very question. What do you want? We're talking about our desires. What are those desires and those longings that you have? 
Our desires are very foundational to our life. And they're very foundational to our relationship with, with Jesus as well. Maybe you're here and you, or maybe join us online, you have no desire for Jesus at all, and that's, that's okay. We want anyone to feel welcome, like they can join us. That's great. Some of you, maybe you feel a little bit curious about this Jesus thing. That's why you're here with us. That's awesome as well. Most of us, we've committed our life to Jesus. We believe that he was the Messiah. We believe that he died but then conquered death. We've committed to following him. And the question for us, though, is this, is the desires that we have within us, are they taking us closer to Jesus or further away from Jesus? So I want us to really think about these desires, these wants that we have in our life right now, because it's so important that we know what those desires are. Jesus asked the question, what do you want? Now, when he asked the blind man, it seems like a funny question, actually, doesn't it? It's kind of silly, like, seriously, Jesus? Like, why? <laughs> Obviously, this guy is blind. He wants to see. So, like, Jesus, like, what? Are you just not getting it? Are you not that bright? Like, what's the deal? Like, oh, you know, this guy walks up. What do you want? So it's pretty obvious, right? He wants to see. But Jesus doesn't ask that question because he doesn't know what we want. Oh, he knows. He just wants to give you and I an opportunity to speak it out. To articulate it. Something happens when we speak it out ourselves. And so often what happens is we need to, and there's things within us as we begin to really even be open with our desires and our wants that we didn't realize were there as well. Because let's be real, there's some desires that are good, there's some that are bad, there's some that are maybe a little bit ugly, right? But all of those desires, I think it's good for us to get all of those out before Jesus. In fact, I would encourage you to do this today. Maybe even tomorrow, first thing in the morning, take some time. Schedule this. Take some time and just pray and think through, maybe even journal all of your wants and desires. Just get it out there before Jesus. These are all the things that I want and can be a very profound exercise. I've done it before. And it's interesting what happens is because you begin to see, you can have clarity in some things and then in other, other ways your heart is revealed as you just begin to lay out those desires and those wants. Jesus knows what you want. He knows, but he wants to hear it from you. Speak it out. This is where I'm at, Jesus. I want this. I deeply desire this. It's amazing how giving voice to our desires just opens us up to what's going on in the depths of our lives. So I, I think Jesus asked this question. In fact, he asked this question repeatedly. This isn't the only time he asked this question, what do you want? What do you want? Several times in his life and ministry, he asked this very question. And he wants us to speak that out because he knows that our desires are important. And he wants to fulfill those desires. Please understand that about Jesus. Jesus gave us those desires, so he knows we have desires, but he wants to fill those desires. And some of those desires, as they come out, we begin to realize, okay, I got some ugly stuff in here that I want that is kind of pulling me away from Jesus. Jesus wants you to speak those out too because he knows deep down inside there's a core issue. There's a root issue, a longing that you have that only he can fulfill. And so you speak that out anyway, and Jesus says, I can meet you right there. And I want you to know that that's not a healthy thing, that's not a good thing, but I can fulfill the deepest desire that's causing you to make that decision to do those things and then have that desire. So our desires are very important, right? 
I think it's okay to come to Jesus with our desires. Don't look at him as a vending machine or like a genie in a bottle kind of a deal, right? We've got to trust him as we present and just open up our heart before him and share our desires. Be real. Be honest. Come on, let it go. Lay it out there and trust him as you open up your heart before him. The good news is Jesus knows what you want before you even articulate it, and he knows what you need. And so we've got to trust him with all of those wants, desires, and what we end up getting. Okay, so... Uh, I hope you're taking notes today because I got some good things I want to share with you. And I, I have a profound statement that I want to share right here. So write this down. This is going to change your life. You ready for this? We do what we want to do, or we do what we do. <laughs> I'm totally messing it, aren't I? We do what we do because that's what we want to do. Man, it's, it's a bummer when you just destroy the punchline, isn't it? <laughs> okay, but think about that, right? We do what we do. Because that's what we want to do. Very profound, right? Very deep, right? <laughs> if we wanted to do something else, we'd do that instead. But we don't. We do what we want, right? So these choices that we're making right now are based upon our, our wants. And they're taking us in a certain direction in our life. So what direction are your choices taking you? Where are you going? Are you going in a direction that you want to be going, that you should be going? Our wants are very important. And some of us, maybe God needs to heal our wanter a little bit. Our wanter is a little bit broken and needs to be healed. And what I've learned, is, maybe you've learned this too, is that our wants, if we're not careful, can lead to worry. Our wants can lead to us Worrying. Anybody struggle with worrying out there? <laughs> you know, it's funny how when we want something so bad, it's like, I gotta have this, and it's, then we, we think it's not gonna happen. It just can mess with us, and we can just worry and worry and worry. This has to happen, because if it doesn't, I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So we worry, we worry, we worry. So Jesus understands this about us, and this is why he said, Do not worry. Don't worry. Let's go to that passage right here, because I want us to look at this. Matthew chapter 6, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not, or are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Found that to be true? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So let's stop right there. As I read that this week, it hit me that Jesus doesn't say, don't have a desire for food and drink. Did you notice that? He doesn't say, don't have a desire for clothes. 
But what he does say is don't worry about those things. It's good for us to want those things. And Jesus understands that because he placed that wanting, that desire for those things in us. But out of that, he's saying, okay, it's a good desire you have, but don't let it lead to worry. Our wants can lead to worry. So you have a desire for clothes. That's a good thing. You know, you all showed up in clothes today. That's awesome. All right. Good job. We're, we're thankful for that. You have a desire for food. Anybody glad that you have a desire for food? Right? It's, it's, you know, if, if you didn't eat and didn't have a desire to eat, that would really affect your ability to live, right? Which has happened to us when we're sick. You ever been sick and you're just like, I don't want anything to do with food. It just sounds disgusting. It's like, uh, like, that was me a month ago when our family got hit with COVID. I was so sick and food was not appealing by any means. Like, it did not sound good at all. And I lost like seven pounds that week because I didn't even eat. And I was thinking this week, like, what if I had kept up that, that rhythm in my life? Like, what if this last three, four weeks since then, I had no desire for food and I didn't eat? Like, how would I be right now? I'd be struggling. I would look pretty miserable and probably pretty weak right now. And that wouldn't be good. So having a desire for food and all that is a good thing. Jesus recognizes that. And I just love this little side note. I just love that God gave food taste too and gave us the ability to enjoy that food. Isn't that cool? That we can like this not only do I need this to nourish and sustain my body physically, but I actually can enjoy it too. Most of it. You know, one of the horrible things about COVID was you lose your taste. For most people, you that you lose your taste. It's so weird. And so I can remember as I was recovering, getting better, it's like, okay, I, I want food now. Okay, this is good. I have a desire for food. Okay, let's eat. I begin to eat, and I'm like, this is disgusting. This is horrible. Like, you lose your taste. And other things, it's like, I don't, this doesn't taste like anything. So I guess I can endure this, but it doesn't taste. The enjoyment of eating was gone, which is, which is kind of a bummer. And worst of all, for me, I think Amy mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but like, I couldn't stand coffee. It was disgusting and gross. The smell of it was like, ooh, which was really weird because that hadn't happened to me since I was like 10. <laughs> and so I love coffee now, but it was disgusting. It was, and so finally in this last week, I'm enjoying it again. It tastes good again. Yeah. It's the most excited you've been all morning. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the love. It's great. <laughs> So it's nice when the, as the taste comes back and you can enjoy things again. That's just weird. That's one of the weird things about COVID is losing your, your taste. But God gave us these desires for food and for all these things. And Jesus says, they're good, but don't worry about them. Don't worry. Worry can get the best of us, can't it? Man, worry causes us to focus on the wrong thing. It can take over. It can consume us. Have you noticed that? Do you know what worry is? Worry is a lack of trust in God. Notice what Jesus said, you of little faith in the midst of that passage there. It is you and I taking our eyes off of God and trusting God for whatever it is we're worrying about and trying to control. Sometimes it's a control thing. I got to control. I got to control. I got to figure it out. I got to think through every possible scenario and, and prepare myself mentally for what could happen. Uh, maybe it's a fear thing. Fear is, is getting the best of us. It's gripping us, and it's causing us to worry, and basically we're not trusting in God. So 
Jesus has a remedy to this. What's his remedy? It's found in that next verse, the famous verse, which we get our theme of the year, for, uh, which is kingdom first. Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom. He says, look to me first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Again, Jesus, knowing we want them and we need them, he says, seek me first and I'll take care of you. You won't have to worry. So just don't worry anymore for the rest of your life, okay? You don't have to. Just stop right now, okay? Okay, just make the choice. Yeah, over. No more, ever again. Seek first, Jesus says, seek first. He's saying, make sure your desire for me is greater than your desire for anything else. We're going to end our time here this morning. We're going to sing a song that I just want you, nothing else. I just want you. And when we get to that moment, I pray that that would be the cry of our heart. God, above everything else in my life, I want you the most. But our theme here is kingdom first for the year. And the goal is that you and I would live a kingdom first life. That we truly would live out the words of Jesus here. Like, I don't just agree with what Jesus is saying. I don't just believe it, but actually I want to apply this to my life. I want to live this thing out. The more I live out scripture, the better it is for my life. That's what I've learned. Have you found that to be true? And so let's live this kingdom first life the best we possibly can, which means we're going to put God first in every area of our life. So what does this look like? I got four examples for us. It's giving God the first part of my week. I believe, and I want you to hear my heart as I go into this here for a few moments, I believe this is a message for the church in the United States today. The first part of my week. Today is Sunday, and it's actually technically the first day of the week. And so it's saying, I'm going to make sure that I dedicate that day to God. I'm going to practice the principle of Sabbath, which I think is a very good principle in our life. Jesus affirmed that. I want to make sure that I gather together on a regular basis with, with God's people. And this has become difficult for people in our country over the last year and a half. As you know, you go into any church right now, and that they say on average it's 40 to 50% of the attendance that it was pre-pandemic, which is kind of interesting. But any church across the, uh, across the United States, that's the average, you know, and so it's, this, is, this is an issue for us that we really need to pray and think through, I think, as believers in Jesus. Sometimes as people wanting to just avoid situations where they feel like, uh, I'm going to be uncomfortable, I'm going to be pushed out, you know, out of my comfort zone, and, and, and God's going to speak to me, and he wants me to grow, he wants me to deal with things, and I gotta, he, he wants me to get rid of things in my life, and he'd have the nerve to ask me to change. You know, sometimes there's a little element of that. Um, sometimes it's just we get busy. Our lifestyle kind of pushes God to secondary, third. Like, we don't want to live a kingdom fourth life or fifth life, right? Or even second, we want to live a kingdom first life. That's the goal. And so that's why I believe putting God first and giving him the first day of our week is so, so important. Something amazing can happen when we gather with God's people. We gather in corporate worship. Now, God can speak to us anywhere. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. As a believer, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. He can speak to you anytime, anywhere, but there's something profound and powerful about the corporate gathering of worship. And it's an environment where God can 
oftentimes speak to us more and with more clarity. It's just something powerful that happens, and it's very encouraging as we're going to read. Like, this is one of the first things that the first century church did. They started gathering together regularly. Acts 2.42, you can read about it. We got that number 2.42 on the wall. That's what that reference is on the wall there. Acts 2.42, they began to meet together on a regular basis. And they were devoted to the teaching of God's word publicly. So this is a very important thing. And Hebrews has a very, very good scripture that I think is appropriate for the church in our country today. Hebrews says this, chapter 10, verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day is approaching. What's that day? It's the day Jesus is, re- is going to return. So that's what the, the day is referring to. Jesus is coming back. It is closer now than ever before. When you look at the signs of the times, you feel like it's really close. It could be any day, and some of us say, Lord, let it be today. I'm ready. Let's, let's do it, okay? <laughs> Here we go. You know, just a little side note. We're actually going to start going through the book of Revelation this fall. And I think people are going to really enjoy this, and it's going to be kind of cool. So um, one of the jokes over this last year was, you know, let's open up the book of Revelation to find out which chapter we're living in this month, right? <laughs> so... Uh, we'll, we'll talk about things like that and just kind of really try to discern the times as best we can and study, go through Revelation. I, it's going to be a fun study that I, I think people will enjoy. Um, but the point of Revelation is this. Jesus is coming back. He's going to return. So that's what this one verse reminds us. The day is approaching. It's going to happen. Let's be ready. And so what, what are we encouraged to do? Don't stop meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage each other. It's hard to encourage someone when you don't get together with them. Sending notes is great, and a text, and all that kind of stuff, but getting together physically is the best way to encourage people. It's, we, can't, we can encourage each other way better. But this verse speaks to habits. Some are in the habit, even in the first century church, they got out of habit. Some got out of habit of meeting together, and... Maybe some of us have gotten out of that habit of meeting together. And I think this is a very important verse for us today. In our country, in our culture, habits are important. They shape our life. We're going to talk a little more about habits. But it's interesting that this verse speaks to habits. And I think one of the most important habits that you and I should have in our life is regularly gathering with God's people. Parents, this is so important for us. If you've got kids but we're not going to the house of God and going with his people on a regular basis, then that communicates a message to them. If, if we communicate to them, like, well, when we have time, when we're not traveling, we're not out of town, we're not doing this and that, then we'll go to church. They pick up on that. And the truth is, what parents do in moderation, kids will often do in excess. That's a leadership principle, by the way, that really applies to parenting. What parents do in moderation, kids will do in excess. And so if we're not showing our kids that going to church is really, really important, if it's secondary to other things in our life, they're going to catch that, and it's going to be lesser important to them. 
So again, I want you to hear my heart on this. Let's not be legalistic about this. Uh, it's, we're not going to be here. None of us are going to be here every single week. But if I'm living a kingdom first life, I'm giving God the first part of my day. And we're making sure this is a part of the rhythm and the habits of our life. And I'd even say I love the online option. We got people joining us online. It's the only way they can join us right now. And so that's great. We will continue to have an online option until the day arrives when Jesus comes. We'll keep doing it. Some of you, you know, like I said, it's the only way you can be here, but it's a chance for us to connect with people and new people can join us this way. They can check us out. Some of you were with us online before joining us here. And if you go on a trip, you go on vacation, you're gone, it's a way to stay connected. You can do the online thing. That's kind of nice, actually. We like that option as well. But my caution is let's not let that become an excuse for I don't need to show up with God's people. And I just would encourage you with that. Again, hopefully you hear my heart on that. If you can, some people, they need to be home right now. But eventually, especially the, the, the COVID cases are on the rise again. It's just a tough season again. And so we get it. But when possible, it's this important that we give God the first part of our week. Okay, so that's the first thing we'll talk about. The second one is this, is that uh, the kingdom first life is giving God the first part of my day. How do you start your day? Because that's really important. So it's getting up in the morning and having that time just to be with God. Spend time in his presence. Enjoy the presence of God. Study his word, read his word. It's just, it helps set up the rest of your day. And it's amazing how if I don't have that time, all of a sudden my mind begins to fill with all these responsibilities and I'm just consumed with I got to do this, I got to do this today. And it's hard for me to focus. So I need that focus time early, right? First thing in the morning just to be with God before the day gets too busy. So I'd encourage you, give God the first part of your day. It's living a kingdom first life. Kingdom first life is also giving God the first part of my, my finances. I mean, think about this. How do I know if God truly is the Lord of my finances? And I would say, if I'm generous with my finances, that's awesome. That's a big indicator. Generosity is, is key. But giving God the first portion of what I make demonstrates to God and to myself that, God, you're first in this area of my life. And that's why the Bible talks about the tithe, that first 10% or the first fruits. So it's giving God the first in that area of my life as well. And then the last area would be giving God the first part of my decisions. Now, you don't have to pray about everything. There's certain decisions that, you know, like, you know, which restaurant should I go to? Yeah, I can choose that. What food should I take, eat and all that kind of stuff, you know. Sometimes it, it can be cool to pray about the right restaurant because maybe God has a divine in, uh, encounter that he wants you to have with somebody. So there's nothing wrong with that, but I mean... A lot of the bigger decisions that we wrestle with, that we struggle with, too many times we go to other people first and we talk about it with them. We go to friends. We go to this person. We go to, some of us start just worrying, worrying, and we talk to ourselves about it. And we're just consumed with it ourselves. We don't talk to anybody. Uh, some people will go to psychics for things like that. Maybe we go to our spouse. Let me encourage you, when you're struggling, wrestling through these big decisions, hit your knees and seek God first before anything else. Get on your knees. Say, God, speak to me. I want to hear from you before I hear from anybody else. I want you first to speak to me, and he wants to. He wants to lead you. He wants to speak to you. So 
Give God the first part of your decision. So that's the kingdom first life. Just four things right there. First part of my week, first part of my day, first part of my finances, first part of my decisions. Okay, so that's you and I living out Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom. Being kingdom first people. And so as Jesus says, seek me first, really what he's saying is this. He's saying, desire me above everything else. Desire me. And again, desire is very important in our life, right? God gave us these desires and these longings, but it's important that they're taking us in the right direction. Have you heard this phrase? We are what we repeatedly do. We are what we repeatedly do because we're a product of our habits. So what are you repeatedly doing in your life? I'm gonna ask you to really reflect on this. We're a product of our habits. We're also creatures of habit. Have you noticed that? Very much so. Like when I, as I look around the room, for people that are here in attendance today, you're in the same seat, same area that you always go to for the most part, right? Because we're creatures of habit, right? Unless you're here for the first time, you're like, I've never been here, so I was. But that'll probably be the place you, kept, you keep going to because it just feels comfortable for whatever reason, right? We're just, it's just kind of funny. When you drive home from work, you go the same way every time. And when you get home, you do the same things. You have this little rhythm, these habits. You do this, whatever you do, you know, maybe you hang up your keys and you walk in and you, you pet the dog and play with the dog. And I mean, whatever you do, you got, we got these rhythms and habits that we do. We're creatures of habit. Have you noticed this? When you go to the restaurant, you tend to order the same thing. I, I, I'm, I'm with you there, too. Like, I went to Red Robin back in the 90s. And I ordered this, this burger. I wasn't sure about it, but it sounded good. Like, it's called the Whiskey River Barbecue Burger. And it changed my life. And I thought, this is so good. And next time I went to Red Robin, guess what I got? Whiskey River Barbecue Burger. Come on. And it's, I highly recommend it, by the way. Even the chicken version's good. If I'm feeling healthy, I'll get the chicken version. <laughs> And so every time I went back to Red Robin, that's what I did. I, I, it became my habit. Now when I walk, I mean, think about that. Mid-90s, 25 years later, I walk into Red Robin. My mouth begins to salivate for a Whiskey River barbecue burger because that's the only thing I've ordered for the last 25 years. Actually, I would say out of, maybe there's a couple of times where we only went for dessert and I got the Mountain High Mud Pie. That's really good too. But almost, if it's food, every single time, 25 years and running. Creatures of habit, right? That's what we, that's what we do. That's, it's, it's funny how just we develop these habits in our life. So habits are just you and I repeating the same thing over and over again. It's repetition. Repetition is helpful in causing something to become normal in our life. Yeah. And it's out of that repetition that we develop habits. We have certain habits because those are the habits that we want to have. Maybe there's some habits in your life that you know are not good, that you don't want to have, but the truth is you, you have it because you want to. That's why we sin. Same reason. Why do you sin? Because you want to. Let's be real. I wanted to do that. Therefore, I gave in to that temptation, or I just did it. So it's, it goes back to our wants. Sometimes God needs to Fix our wanter a little bit, right? But we are repeatedly doing the things that we want to do. 
So here's a question I want you to wrestle with and think about and really ponder and process today and really in the coming weeks as we approach the fall. The question is, who am I becoming by what I'm doing? Who am I becoming by what I'm doing? This is a question of habits, a question of decisions, a question of desires. It's a question of rhythms and making decisions to make sure that I'm growing spiritually. I really want you to wrestle with, am I really growing? Who am I becoming? By what I'm doing. It's a good question. Take some time. Reflect on that. Pray through it. Especially as we start the fall. This is a good time to reflect. You know, August, September, and then again in January, New Year, those are the two times. It's like it's really good to reflect. Some of us are going to get back into better rhythms, normal rhythms in, the, in the, this, this, these weeks here. So this is a chance for me to really reflect and evaluate, man, how am I living? What are my habits? And understand that they are creating who I am. And so I'm, am I becoming who I want to be? Am I becoming who God wants me to be? So I want you to wrestle with that question. Who am I becoming by what I'm doing? And I'm going to encourage you to make sure you have desires that line up with God's will for your life. I'm also going to encourage you with a few things that I think are going to help you do that. The first one is this. It's called the Freedom Conference, which we've been talking about for a few weeks. The Freedom Conference is coming up September 17th and 18th. It's a little less than a month. And I would encourage you, we want everybody at Rivers Church to be at the Freedom Conference. Everybody. Now, if you go, I promise you won't regret it. It is a powerful, awesome weekend where Jesus is going to move in your life. But let's be real. As I talk about this and as I say, hey, come to Freedom Conference, want everyone to be part of Freedom Conference, there's going to be some desires inside of you that are going to be like, hmm, maybe... Or, I don't know, we'll see how I feel that weekend. Well, I'll pencil it in, but keep it open. Maybe I'm going to have a better option, and we can start these desires. Like, maybe I want to get away and have a me weekend. Maybe, you know, I'm going to get this offer and do, you know, and our desires can, can wage war against us from experiencing things that can be so beneficial for us. Now, you might already have plans to be gone that weekend, and let me say change them. I'm just kidding, but if you can, do it. But I mean, just, we get that, right? But I just really want to encourage you, recommend you, because I want you to grow, which is why I'm going to encourage you to get in a group after that. So everyone is invited to be part of Freedom Conference this year. We'll all come together, and then you can choose which group you want to be part of the fall the week after that as we launch all of our groups. It's a way of just kind of kicking off the fall and just... It's a launch pad into our fall groups and discipleship and growth. And I really want you to pray and think about which group am I going to be part of this fall as well. Because my heart for you is that you would grow as close to the Lord as you possibly can. That's what I want for you. That's why I have no problem standing up here and strongly urging you and encouraging you to make certain decisions in your life. Because I know it will benefit you. And I want you to experience all that God has for you in this life. God has so many great things for you. And oftentimes we miss out on those things because we develop habits that kind of push God aside. And I'm doing things like that aren't helping me grow. And 
I want you to reevaluate your habits. I, hey, we're busy. We got a lot going on. It can be difficult to commit to going to a group for eight weeks in a row, or it could be the best decision you make in your life. And here's the, here's the deal, guys. We're busy. The phrase you hear more now than I'm busy is I'm tired. You notice that? Just, we're not just busy. We're tired now, which would really cause us to evaluate life. But um, we're not too busy to do the things we want to do. And so if I'm too busy to do something, let's be real. I don't want to do that. That's the truth. I don't want to do that. And you may say, well, I do want to do that. Well, yes, but you want to do something else more than you want to do that. So yes, but no. So that's why we got to really deal with what do I want? What are my desires? And maybe I need to evaluate. There's some decisions I'm making that are not helping me grow and experience all that God has for me. That's all I want for you. I don't want you to have the busiest fall you've ever had in your life and you just burn out. I don't want you to be too busy. I don't want you to burn the candle both in. But I do want you to evaluate your habits, your rhythms, and I want you to make sure that you're putting yourself in a position to grow. How does growth happen? You ever wrestle with this? How does growth happen? Well, I... There's six convictions that I have about growth. I'll just share briefly just the first one. It begins with you and I allowing God to transform our desires. Growth begins right there. When I allow God to transform my desires. Romans 12, 2, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. If I don't begin there, I'm not going to change and I'm not going to grow the way God wants me to grow. So it's giving God those desires, laying them out there and say, okay, God, transform these so they line up with your will for my life. And then from there, there's a bunch of other things, but that's where it starts. And so I want you to get into a group this fall, and I want you to go to the Freedom Conference this fall because I just want you to grow. I want you to grow as much as you possibly can this fall, spiritually, because I know it's going to be beneficial for you. If you choose not to do a group, then my question for you is, what is your growth plan? How are you, how are you growing spiritually? Because what I find is I ask that question is most people have none. I don't have a growth plan. Well, then we've, we've, we're trying to help you out here. So choose to get in a group so that you can grow. Now, there are some people that are like, I'm really doing well on my own. I'm growing well on my own. God's speaking to me. I'm growing. I'm studying. I'm in the Word. It's It's awesome. And I would say, yeah, that is awesome. That's Because that's the goal. That's what we all want to get to. Many of us still need help with that. But you get to that place where like, I'm really growing on my own in the Lord. But then my next question would be, are you helping other people grow? Because that's the next step. And if you and I haven't talked about that, had that conversation about you want to help other people grow, you're ready to help other people grow, then let's have that conversation because I'd love to see where we could fit you in and how that could work because that is a huge part of our growth as well, is now helping other people grow. So I'm gonna end with this phrase and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and take a moment here, just a few moments, and I'm going to walk through all the different fall groups so that you know, like, here's the options. You can start praying about it. You can even sign up today if you want. We were hoping to have a, a pamphlet for you, but 
Brittany, who's our kids ministry person, is also our admin. She's been out half the week with COVID. And so we almost got it done, but it wasn't quite done. So we'll send it out this week. But I'm going to take a few moments right now and walk through it. But here's, here's the phrase I want to end with. There's no formation without repetition. There is no formation without repetition. It's true in any area of your life. And I want to see spiritual formation take place in your life. That's my heart for you. So here's all the fall groups we have. And you can sign up on your Connect card. You can use the digital one online. You can use the physical one in front of you. But here's, here's all the options. We're, we're providing lots of options because there's a lot of people connected to Rivers Church, but they're not engaged anymore or they haven't been able to get engaged. And so we just want to provide lots of ways for people to really engage this fall. So first one is this online community group. Pastor John Mark is going to be leading that on Thursday nights. He's really leaning into how can we connect with our online people? How can we minister to them better? We want to provide that option for people. And so if that's the option you need to have in the season, we want to have a place for you. So online community group, they're going to do a deep dive into the message from Sunday mornings, which could be some fun discussion when we go through Revelation this, this fall, right? And then the next one is the Flourish, the ladies group. And that Flourish was a hit this summer. Ladies loved it. And so we're going to keep that going on Wednesday nights. And I think, Mel, you're also looking at doing a deep dive on Sunday mornings messages, right? We're going to go talk more about Sunday mornings message. And so we're going to have that option Wednesday nights. And then there's this Knowing God group. We did this two years ago. We haven't offered it since then, but this is one of the groups we want everybody in Rivers Church to do at least once in their life. You're gonna go through a study called The Good and Beautiful God. It's basically a theology of God 101. And most Christians struggle, I shouldn't say most, but when Christians struggle in their relationship with God, oftentimes they have a wrong perception of who God is. It's a theology issue. And so... This is a great class. It's a great, you go through a great book and you're gonna do some spiritual practices and habits in, out of this book. I highly recommend it. Taylor's gonna be leading that group. It's called Knowing God. Likely on Monday nights is what we're looking at. And we got the Freedom Course. Okay, so everyone's coming to the Freedom Conference. Want everyone to be there. You can choose whatever group you want, but maybe you wanna choose the Freedom Course. This is the other group we want everybody in our church to do at least once in their life. I feel like it's foundational. The Freedom Course. Freedom Course will do a deep dive of study in everything that we hit at the Freedom Conference. And so it's like we can deal with it. Okay, God, you're setting me free. Um, I'm growing in this or out of this, whatever the case may be. And now we can take the next several weeks and we can study through each of those. And it's, it'll be great. So that's the Freedom Course. And then we've got Celebrate Recovery. If you were here a few weeks ago, we had a Celebrate Recovery Sunday just to highlight that ministry. Phenomenal ministry in our church. And it's geared towards, this is the phrase, people who are stuck with habits, hurts, and hangups. And if those are holding you back in life, this is a very good option for you to really break some of those habits, maybe some addictions, some hurts that they're just holding you back that you can't let go of. Get into celebrate recovery and let him do a work in your heart and set you free. Now we've got the Oasis, the young adults group, and I think, Shay, you guys meet the first and third Tuesday, right? First and third Tuesday. So if you're a young adult and you're interested in being a part of that, sign up. We'll give you all the information. And we'll send you the right direction. We've got a Yo Pros group, which is 
you know, the oasis is like college, young adults, yo pros, tends to be like the older people. We're starting our career, we're in our career. And uh, the yo pro group, uh, Rachel leads that, Pastor Rachel, and they're, they're looking at joining the Freedom Course, actually, looking at doing that. And so, you, but you can join with those yo pros and hang out with them and do the Freedom Course. And we've got the seniors group. I'm thankful that the seniors group started meeting again a few months ago. They meet on Thursdays, do a Bible study right here in this room on Thursday nights. And so if you're retired, if you're wishing you were retired, if you should have retired by now, but you're still working, you know, the seasoned adults is what they call themselves, feel free, you can join them Thursday nights for that. And then one of the groups we're putting into this, this isn't discipleship necessarily, but it is, is love where you live. If you want to do the love where you live on Thursday nights and go and serve that Palomino neighborhood that we've adopted, come and join us. We had a, just a small handful of faithful people that carried us through the summer, and those that did it loved it. It was such a blessing to them, and we're just looking to serve that community more and more. So we want to throw that in as an option. If you want to commit to that for the fall, some people commit to a group and to love where you live. That's totally fine. But maybe you, you can commit to that. Like, I want to go and serve people. I want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Join us on Thursday nights for Love Where You Live, and you can do that. And the last one is this. If none of those end up fitting with you or are able to do it, you can do a go group. And you can do that with whoever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. So that's why I say do, do a group. And if it has to be a go group, awesome, do that. We've got a pamphlet in the back that explains how to do that, what that's all about, the format. You can just grab one or two other people, get together, talk about God and the Word and what He's doing in your life. And the preference is find someone who's maybe interested in Jesus but hasn't fully committed. Maybe they used to be, but they're not really connected to church. Find someone like that. Get together with them and watch the Lord begin to blossom in their life and begin to grow. That's, that's really the goal. Um, but go groups. So that's options. We've got 10 options. We've got a lot of options for groups this fall. Some great stuff happened, but I want you to choose a group because I just want you to grow. It's my heart for you. When we stand to our feet, let's pray. I'd love for you to close your eyes right now. Even those of you online, join us, join us right now. Let's close our eyes. And imagine again, Jesus is standing in front of you. He's asking you the question, what do you want? What do you want? Because again, it's so important that we articulate those wants and those desires to Jesus especially. And whatever it is, Jesus can and he wants to meet that need. And for some of those wants and desires, there's some deep core issues that we're struggling with and Jesus is saying, I'm the only one that can satisfy that need. So let me help you with this. Just pour that out. What do you want? What do you want? Maybe your wants are taking you in the wrong direction. And just lay that out before Jesus and say, Jesus, help me. Help me. Let him speak to you right now. Open up your heart, your life to him. Feel free just to speak to him. Pour out your heart. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I'm ready. I, I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to begin a relationship with him. And I would encourage you to do so because it's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. 
So all you got to do is say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for trying to do this thing on my own and, and for my rebellion and my sin against you. Forgive me of that. I just, I, I commit to following you. I want to be in a relationship with you. Pray that prayer and then let us know because we want to help you move forward in that. That's the beginning. That's where it starts right there. pray over all of us. Lord, I thank you for every person that's here. And Lord, I just pray that you would touch our hearts right now. And Lord, would you heal those places, those desires, those, those wants, those habits that are pulling us away from you. Heal us of those, from those. Deliver us, I pray. Free us. Lord, I pray that you would break chains that have been holding people back. Some of us have been carrying around all these bags in life that we don't need to carry around, Lord. There's this baggage that we have. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us just to let it go and stop carrying it and give it to you. Walk in the freedom that you have for us. Come on, Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. <laughs> Come to me. Come to me, Jesus says. Let some of those things go. Lord, I pray for freedom to take place in our hearts. Lord, right now, would you transform our desires? We give you permission to do so in our hearts and minds. Transform our desires. Transform us from the inside out. Renew our mind, I pray, God. Renew us. Renew us, Lord, right now by your spirit, Lord. Would you do that? In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.